Hello there. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Hello there. Welcome to a podcast about Star Wars Shatterpoint and the Star Wars universe. My name is Jesse Aiken and I'm joined by my co-host, Amon Kusro. How are we doing today, Amon? Hey, Jesse. We're doing well. Excited to pick up where we left off? Yeah, excited. I think there was some great conversation regarding some of the more polarizing units in the game thus far, whether those are good polarizing effects or more critical ones. But uh, I'm excited to see where we go in this episode because there's some good units left to discuss yeah i agree and if you haven't picked up our last episode definitely give that a listen because this is a direct part two to that episode but essentially amon came up with this idea last episode to look at the entire shatterpoint unit list holistically everything that's out in the world just do a little fun exercise where we assess if we want to nerf buff or pass on a model model when we say pass they just stay exactly the same and just see what sort of organic discussion that would make and you know last time Amon had brought up some really interesting discussions you know namely some models like Vader and Anakin where we didn't know what each other were going to say and we had a lot of fun conversations and directions and topics that came up around those characters maybe where they needed to be changed or not changed and it was very thought-provoking yeah I think so and that's all the intention of this is this is our opinion this is for fun and this is also kind of a snapshot of where the game is right now in our opinion and this could change, right? With more of Sabotage Showdown out in the world, this could change with more models coming out in the spring, right? But right now, we thought it was a perfect time to dig into this. We're, we are a, a set moment in time, right? This is a perfect time to look at this and face some hard truths, you know, Even about some characters that we love too in the game that maybe might need a change. So before we get into that part two today, we have a couple people to thank and mention. Hello there is affiliated with Mr. Laser at mr-laser.square.site. You can use the code hello there five to get 5% off of Mr. Laser's trays, products, and Shatterpoint. Hello there is also affiliated with Imperial Terrain, the premier source for tabletop Star Wars miniature terrain, particularly for Star Wars Shatterpoint. Use the code hello there five, all lowercase with the number five, to get 5% off your digital orders. Absolutely. And of course, our patrons support us at patreon.com slash lowtherecast. If you enjoy the show and would like to directly support us and join our private Discord community, give that page a look. There's several tiers with different benefits. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. Absolutely. And we have one new patron since our last episode. His name is Justin. Justin is signed up at the Padawan Acolyte tier. Justin and I have played a couple times now in the main TTS League events. And so Justin joined our league because he wanted to get more games in. So whether you're here for the community or just to get some guaranteed games, check our Patreon out. That's right. We got a 40 person league going on right now and nuts. It's insane. We have players of all types from across the world playing in this wonderful league and getting weekly games in. If you're interested in that, definitely check out joining the Patreon. Of course, we have to thank our producers that make this show happen. Bounty Hunter Brady. And then, of course, the ultimate producers that bring balance to the universe, Sith Emperor Kevin, Grandmaster Griffin, and Daimyo Matt. Thank you guys all so much. Appreciate you guys. All right, Amon, let's just jump right in, right where we left off. And we're going to start with General Grievous today. Are we going to pass, buff, or nerf? I'm in the camp to nerf. 
I want to hear you out here because I'm not against this. I'm definitely not in the camp to buff, but I'm also could be persuaded that he could maybe stay the same. But let's hear about this nerf. I think when it comes to Grievous, he just does a lot of things that are just really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He reminds me of Vader and not in a good way. They both have the free advance, right? Whether it's Vader's fear of your own Grievous case, Scuttle. They're both 10 plus stamina. So Vader's 12, Grievous is 11. And they both hit like trucks, which is very challenging to deal with, to be on the receiving end. I think my biggest challenge with Grievous is that he pairs extremely well with Vader. And you take two damage, you bump up to an insane number of dice. You're most likely going to get the wound because his quad arm tree is nuts. And then what happens is he gets to recover twice. And if it happens to be a force user, which generally they are fresh to force. So the force that you spend for Scuttle or for Vader's Fury or for a combination of other things gets refunded. And it just feels like he's always topped off. He's always giving you extra resources and he's murdering you at the same time. And now this is true when he's not with Vader as well, because again, he's on this big base. He has two advances and he smacks the living bejesus out of you. He does a crap ton of damage on quad arm. I mean, if you just take that top tree, it's five, seven plus four, 11 damage. He can get a primary with that top tree. Yeah. And it's only five successes and he's already rolling eight dice. If you line that up with a B1 who can give out exposes, he's doing quite a bit of damage, right? And then you bump that up with Vader, it goes to 11. I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. Unlike Vader, he still has a glass cannon though, right? So I I guess that's how they built around this character. I mean, four defense is just not good. His defensive expertise, especially on that quad arm side, is horrendous, right? It's like not quite clone level, but it's, you know, it's not good. So... Are you just saying because the game is happening so fast right now and models are being removed so quickly right now that Vader, that Vader, that Grievous's low defenses don't seem to matter as much because obviously Vader, Vader's actually pretty defensive. So he's, he doesn't have the that weakness that Grievous does. Well, the play pattern is you, you start in quad arm attack, you yep. walk up the board, you murder yep. something, you swap to cunning warlord. It's a little bit better for sure. And that's five and five, which is Vader's darker age side, five and five. I think his gem so is six and six. Obviously, Vader has better defensive expertise. Cunning Warlord on Grievous. I mean, just one expertise turns a crit to it, a hit, and he gets a dash, but no innate blocks here. So yeah, he's more mobile, I think, but he does have recovers on this side as well and through his identity. So I think I think Grievous is great. I think if there was anything that I would change, I would just make Scuttle a dash. That would be my change. That would be my nerf. Call it a day. It's the Vader change, right? In some ways. And I'm, I'm down with that. I totally get that because that would still be in line with Grievous being like the fastest as he should be, right? With that larger base. But he's just a little bit hindered. He's not getting two full moves with that larger base. So, all right. Changing Scuttle to just a dash. I like it. Well, moving on, we got General Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we've talked about him recently in our tier list, Amon. We, we weren't super kind to him. You especially. What do we what do we do on Obi Wan? Because I think it is going to be a either stay the same or buff for us, right? Yeah, yeah. I would definitely actually lean to buff. Okay. Well, I think I have an idea of what you want to buff, but <laughs> I, and I think you know this is your dude, man. So you take the lead on this one. 
there's a couple things I want to buff. So in following with our last episode, we didn't say at the top of this episode, but we are trying to make only one change if possible, unless it's an egregious model where two changes need to at least be discussed, but we'll land on one. So a couple places you could go with Obi-Wan. I don't think so uncivilized is good. That's not what his problem is, right? But I just think paying a force to to guess if your opponent has a fail in their role, right? To get a better deflect, it's just not worth it to me ever in Republic, right? You just never have the force to do it, let's be honest. Not, not that this is Obi-Wan's problem, but Obi-Wan should just have deflect, probably. I'll start there. But I think Seresu should be a playable tree. That's what the actual change needs to be. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree with that. I I was definitely aiming for Seresu. I think you're right. We can Goodness. talk about so uncivilized briefly. Yeah, I think if that was zero force, yeah, I he's just the best to deflect. Yeah, then that's that's fine. I don't think anyone gets mad about that. That's you could probably be. take away the hunker, definitely, and just make it three he deals three damage deflect. Cool. He's a Seresu master. That makes sense. But yeah, four of three Seresu. <laughs> I mean, it's what's not the max good. damage you can do here? Six. Yeah, so if you go straight down the top or mid. Yeah, I would say there's many ways you could go about it. I think if the one change is updating this stance card, that kind of cheats our way around maybe making multiple changes in one section. But definitely need to bump up the dice to at least six or seven. And Ataru is seven. So you could make Seresu six. That seems fair. And then maybe you give him like a fifth step where all the trees converge. I'm not against any of this. I'm into a lot of this. And I wanted to bring up the fact that while we are here, another Obi-Wan in the game has Seresu with six attack dice. And it's Obi-Wan out of hiding, right? Obi-2. And here's what's really funny. I'm on that Obi-Wan Seresu tree is so much better. So much better. More damage, more shoves. It's got some jumps. It still has the recovers in there too, right? Just less of them, but you still has them. And it has the reposition earlier in the tree. So really, it's just like they, I think they overestimated the power of hello there with Seresu. And he suffered for it, right? The additional dice. It also seems like there was some sort of knee-jerk reaction with Obi-Wan in some shape or form to where you can, you can tell that he was quite possibly much stronger. Yeah. And then there were some quick changes made to tone him down. And don't get me wrong, like all this, all these crits on the expertise on Seresu, that's great. But what does it matter if you're only rolling five dice, right? Like you're just not physically getting far down your tree, right? With the raw yeah, dice. Yeah, I believe that there may have been a thought process where it was like, all right, well, if we just stack that expertise, people won't get mad about the five dice. But it's like you can roll three fails on five dice. It's very common, right? So happens a lot. Happens <laughs> so. All the time. You've never lived unless you've needed to do one damage to an opponent. Oh, no. <laughs> and roll zero expertise and crits. And then they roll the exact number of blocks as you got hits. There it is. Yeah. The dice really matter there. And what we talked about just by the nature of the design of Shatterpoint, the defense dice are mathematically more consistent because they're D6s, right? Amon's harped on that a lot, right? And so when you start getting like even numbers of dice like five attack dice, five or six defense dice. It's not looking good for the attacker, right? And that's where expertise and stuff really matters. Yeah. I mean, this might be a little of a side tangent, but I actually, my biggest gripe with AMG games is the D8s. Sure. They just throw you for a loop. It's a circus. They play with your emotions. It's not, it's just, it's just so inconsistent. Yeah. They're and spiky. It's, 
they're spiky, but they like they know when it's your turn and they know when it's your opponent's turn. Because like they you watch know, you, they do. But like you know, you're it's just insane. The D eights are just so insane to me from a gameplay perspective that I I shudder half the time I roll. I'm just like, ah, oh, what am I gonna get right now? You know. Oof. But I get it. I mean, but aside from that concept, right, which we don't have to harp on too much about. I definitely think the game is in a significantly more attrition-based meta that perhaps even AMG didn't predict. And so when people start evaluating characters, they're viewing them from that lens. And a Form 3 Suresu isn't going to cut it. I mean, the fact that he's, you know, he should be at least 6'6 on this defense too. I mean. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, Amon, because there's no incentive to go here, right? I mean, Suresu should be thematically, he should maybe be 7 defense on range in this form, right? It should be the form where he's just blocking shots for his boys around him, right? That's all he's doing, right? Like he's, that's what everyone's known for, right? Is in the middle of the clone ball and protecting them from blaster shots. But five defense on a primary of this caliber in the lore and in the game, why would you ever go this? Atari is just better in every way. Yeah. Now his identity is great, but of course that also feels like that should have just been a general clone thing. Possibly. Yeah. Because his identity makes clones just, better but they need a lot of help right so i think maybe he took a nerf because of that because of that identity being powerful right and you know it's an it's an amazing identity i don't think it should change i think it's very dynamic and it's exciting it's why you play obi-wan but i don't think there should be a primary in this game where you say i'm never going to use that other form and that is the case with obi-wan yeah so the change we make to obi-wan is just makes a more compelling absolutely either make it way more defensive or give him more attack dice or some combination of these things, right? Or make it look yeah. more like his OB2 tree. There's a lot of ways you can go with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could have kept the tree as is, yeah. and you could have maybe just, I don't know, maybe a special rule as on identity. When this character is in Suresu, they gain steadfast and protection. There you go. You know, I like that a lot. That fixes that tree. That way, you don't want Obi-Wan to move. You move somewhere, you switch him to Suresu, and he doesn't move. He takes less damage, and he deflects things. I like it. Yeah. Shout out to So Uncivilized, which is just space on the card taken up. We talked about earlier. Well, we got to move on, Amon, to another exciting character to talk about in this format. how you really feel. The Grand Inquisitor, (laughs) Fallen Jedi. So the Grand Inquisitor has a lot of cool stuff on his card. A lot. He does. And he's got a lot of cool tools. And I think, to be honest, Amon, he might suffer through some of the similar things that Obi-Wan does, where... He's got pretty cool trees that go different directions. He just can't get all the way through his tree. So it's similar to that Obi-Wan Suresu conversation. So are we buffing, nerfing, or passing? This is definitely a buff, I think. Yeah. And I think he needs to be able to get down his tree easier. It's interesting because I do feel like Grand Inquisitor is a character that you never play unless you're playing with Vader Jedi Hunter. Like there's no incentive really to play him with anything else. And so... You can tell he was designed with that purpose as well, yeah. which is sad in a, in a way because the Grand Inquisitor actually very often did not, in the lore, tag along with Vader. He was very autonomous. He did his own thing. Sure, they worked together, but he was in many ways a stand-in for Vader when Vader couldn't show up, which is a great place to be in the hierarchy of the Empire at the time, as long as you know you're not a poor student. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> For me, I think my change is very simple. Okay. I either completely change Secrets Uncovered or I make it one force. The fact that it's two blows my mind. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a that's definitely a misstep, right? 
it's just so hard to use, right? But once again, if he could get down his tree, you know, six spaces in Jim So, he could get secrets uncovered, right? He just can't get there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Makashi seems fine, like, because yeah. he looks worse than he actually performs. No, what's really cool about him, too, is he's he's actually very defensive. He's like a, a mini Dooku in some ways. His Jim So adaptive fighter expertise paired with six defense dice. The part on the front of his card I mentioned in our episode, I'm on, our temple records are quite complete. You don't have to flip your stance card. You can you just get the two extra dice, right? So you can go up to eight defense dice. So he's this awesome defensive piece, but I don't know. When he hits you back, he's not getting through his tree, it feels like to me. You definitely need the Vader bump. Yeah. But that opens cool up another can of worms as well, because then there's no then you're using his nine stamina as a resource, which is already on the low end for primaries. It's interesting. Yeah, sounds like we just want to make him a little bit better in combat and make Secrets Uncovered one because it should have been one the whole time. Once again, I think they just valued it too high because you still have to flip the point from your opponent, right? So, I mean, you still have to have physically someone there to take it back, right? Or to win it, right? After you flip it. I think when we first read this at first pass, maybe it sounded really exciting, right? But then when you play Shatterpoint and you see the ebb and flow of flipping objectives at the end of a player's turn, you realize how hard Secrets Uncovered to use is, right? Correct. Yeah. I could even see a world in which you just bump him up to 10 stamina. Just make him more defensive, as in nature of just more health. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'll just give him 10 stamina. Okay, I like that. Because he's he's a good brawler already, yeah. Well, yeah, but it's like he just then can more effectively use that stamina as a resource, especially paired with Vader. And now he feels more like what I was talking about, that kind of discount Dooku thing, right? Where he wants to be dueling people in the fight. So he definitely suffers when he's not dug in, similar to Dooku, right? But yeah, nine stamina is tough. It's just really tough. All right, let's give him one more stamina. See what happens with that. With Inquisitorious. We got to move on, on to a character that we've talked a lot about lately. And I don't think we'll have to talk about as long today. It's Django Fett, Bounty Hunter. Nerf. Absolutely nerf. We might have nerf. to break our one rule here. I think, yeah, I think this is the one character where we break our rule and we nerf two things. So I think since day one, I've been talking about capture wire needs to just be two. Yeah. If Maul's is two... I know Mauls gives exposed, but Jenko still gives pinned. Just make it consistent with the rest of the game. And if not, that's still crazy, right? Because you have a secondary that does something a primary does, right? For the same cost. I agree with you. I think that should be two. The other change yep. is you make it to where if not so fast takes an enemy character out of action, yep. the player who whose character was wounded gets to draw another order card. That transforms game the game state. in so many different ways. That means your opponent is going to recycle their force faster than you, potentially. There is incentive for you to maybe not not so fast, just because maybe that can trigger a force refresh, right? I mean, I just think taking a turn away from your opponent in a game where you both score at the end of your turn and you're trying to play this tug of war... Should never happen. Should never happen. It's supposed to be I tug, you tug, I tug, you tug. One of us slowly gives ground over time. But if I tug, tug twice... That just completely ruins your entire strategy. Absolutely. No, totally. So I think that's those are two changes where you know that both are notable and we've we've said them on the show a lot. And I think Django maybe does break our rule a little bit, like we said with Vader, where I think if there was only to be one change, it would have to be the not so fast change just for game state and non-negative play experiences. But if we could change two, we would change both of them. Make capture wire two and make that game state happen to not so fast. And you know what I'm on? That probably works because we're actually changing capture wire and not so fast is like a rules errata 
stages of the combat thing, game state thing. Well, yeah, you could just errata not so fast with another line. Yeah, I like that. Well, Django, you're getting nerfed. I hope so. <laughs> From us. We got to move on to my most played character in the game because I looked at my Longshanks recently and she, in fact, is Jedi Master Luminara Unduli. This is an interesting one I'm on because we sing Lumi's praises a lot on this show, but I do think maybe she could use a little bit of help in maybe one tiny area, maybe. What do you think? I am in the camp of buffing her, but I'm very conservative in how I want to approach this. Right, because flow of the force is so good. Full recovery is very good as well. It's situational, but yeah, it's definitely it's very amazing situational. when it pops up. Yeah, it's very situational. I mean, the easy answer is turning sprint into force speed, but I don't yeah. care for it. I agree. I like the that she is the slowest Jedi, and that's part of her identity. What if it was something like you sprint, you dash, and then you get something? A hunker, a focus? Uh, this might be wild, but I actually think you have to buff up one of her trees. Yeah, her trees are pretty tough to get through, right? Yeah, I mean, you're rolling seven dice, only doing eight damage. You do eight damage at most. And you kind of want to live in Seresu because it's so defensive, right? Correct. She actually has the problem that Obi-Wan doesn't have. You have hard decisions to make every time you go with her, right? And which tree she's attacking in, which tree she's staying in at the end of your turn, right? Seresu hits that sweet spot with two expertise. You get the two block, you turn a crit to a hit, and the hit to a fail. One expertise feels bad. I've got a crazy idea for a change for her, Mon. <laughs> I don't mm. think it's that crazy, but I think it's interesting. In keeping with Lumi's lore of how in tune she is with the Force and everything, and how she really is the, the weakest hitting primary in the game by design, right? And they want to keep it that way. And she's the slowest, but she's so attuned with the Force. She's like this priest, you know, in like D&D terms. What if she just brought you four Force instead of three? Let's take that a step further. Okay. What if part of our identity was if you lost the previous struggle, when you refresh your force, gain one extra force. That's very fun. Like, dig That's it out of your token of box. Force. Yeah. We're on the same page here, yeah. Basically, that she could bring you one force through some means or something. Well, yeah, it's your idea, and I like that. I'm just saying yeah. to make it seem more thematic and more fun. For sure. I mean, it could even be something like when she's wounded or injured, you refresh some force or something. Yeah. I mean, it could be interesting if she just... Maybe you just... I wish there were stances that gave you abilities, you know, like, or maybe there was a symbol for protection or a symbol for steadfast. Ooh. Because if you roll like two expertise, you're steadfast. <laughs> That's crazy. Could be cool. It could be very cool. I like that Lumi's trees are kind of not very good because that's the design of her is that she's this ever present buff on the battlefield for your team, right? With Flow of the Force. So I feel like giving her additional force could lean into that because let's be honest, Amon. Full recovery, sprint, and precise strike, they're also hard to pay for because typically you're spending all your force on your other Jedi primary who's actually doing the heavy lifting with the aggression. And you're lucky if you get one or two of these off, right? Period. In a struggle, right? Because you just simply don't have the force between Lumi, clones, and your other Jedi primary, right? So they all take so much force. What if you made precise strike not require a combat action? Okay. How would we do that? Just remove that first sentence. Okay. Choose an ally galactic within three. Yeah. It's way more interesting now. Right? You just don't make it reactive. Just make it an active ability. I like it. It never gets played. So that that could be the, the difference of it being played. Yeah. 
the tough part is like Lumi's got to be in the action, making combat action, right? Which is hardest for her to do out of all the other primaries, right? To be honest, because she's she gets left behind because she's slow. So I'm into that. If you want to go that route. <laughs> yeah. That to me seems the most interesting. And it's probably the easiest change too. Giving her a force recovery or something would require some smart dev stuff. Could happen, but you know. Okay, I'm down with that. Removing the first sentence from precise strike. And just having that as an ability. It's pretty cool. Seems good to me. Well, we got to move on to Jedi Master Mace Windu. I'm going to say no change. Yeah, I'll say pass on Mace. Actually, I think there's an argument that he could have been seven strike points. I think you and I have talked about that a lot. So I'm actually going to say, yeah, buff the boy. It's not really a buff to him. It's just a buff to what it's giving him more points to play with in his squad, right? Yeah. Well, so if you make him seven, then you make the ARFs four. And then all of a sudden the whole game is balanced. (laughs) Republic gets way better. You can't play ARFs with Vader. Yeah. And Republic just gets better overnight, right? What's funny about that is like, yeah, like five of first just remain the three coster, right? That's fine. That's totally fine. Jedi Master Plo Koon. So Plo is still very new to the game. He's not even in our hands yet, but we are going to talk about him today because we did talk about him in our tier list, though I would say... We've been playing Plo a lot, though. Yeah. We have a lot of data on Plo. You guys know how much I love Plo on the show, but Plo's tough, Amon. He's really tough to gauge through this metric. I would selfishly say buff, but it would be the most minimal of buffs. So I would agree with you. I think his identity is just bad. It's just not good. It's just not even... That's a bummer, right? Because these Jedi, their identities are so integral, right? To their playstyle, And it's kind of built into their design, right? Of how powerful the identities are. This one is not the case. And it also needs some clarification. And since Plo's not on the world yet, we don't have the clarification on like, can he take another expose on himself to take the damage? You know, can he, you know what I mean? Like, what are, what are all the timings on all this, right? It's weird, man. Like, I think what you do is you just take away the expose clause and just let people use his... That's expertise and just say once per turn okay well then that that's completely fine yeah i love it and that's thematic too of blow obviously because he's gonna be doing it more yeah or you can just do it to where he takes the attack instead yeah of course but i like the idea of just him giving his expertise once per turn no expose all right just making that that identity slightly better because i think he's fine yeah he's totally fine his trees are fun Force push slaps. Force push is so good. His Seresu is actually pretty interesting. It's definitely better than Obi-Wan's. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so much better than Obi-Wan's. I think you live in Gemso as 100%. Plo. But you live you, in Gemso. But you also, here's what's interesting. You love Seresu if you're doing more of that identity, keeping your clones alive stuff, right? So it's just this weird like... But you're never going to use it because you're not going to exa- expose your primary. Exactly. So you play in Gemso. But if you make that identity change, then you play in Seresu, maybe. Absolutely. Okay. So slight change to Plo. Let's talk about Kalani, super tactical droid. One of two five-point models in the game. As much as I want to say I want to nerf that crit pistol, yep. I'm fine. I don't, I don't think we need to change Kalani. Kalani is so well designed. I think he needs to stay how he is because he is five, right? And I think he's a perfect picture of what a five should be. Yes. So... And we talked about Aura last episode, so you guys know our thoughts on what a five should be. So, Kalani, that's a pass. Let's move on to Kraken. I'm going to say no change. Yeah, I would say pass as well. I think he's perfectly suitable for what he is intended to do. Just to barely discount in Kalani, and it works. 
I will say, man, Separatists are very well designed. Yeah, it's extremely exciting how like tight they feel within their mechanics and how they just work, and but they don't feel like oppressive, right? They're just where they should be, I think. Mm-hmm. All except the Magna Guard, which we'll get on shortly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did speak too soon, didn't I? Lord Maul. Yeah, so he's very good. Yeah, I mean, I, he's one of the best primaries in the game, right? Easily. Yeah. And I think he will be in a year's time, too. Yes. I think... I actually think he's very well designed. For sure. The two durability adds up. I mean, it, it, it doesn't look that... I mean, initially you might be like, oh, that's such a bad thing. And then you're like, well, maybe it doesn't matter. But I think what we've realized in Shatterpoint is you can really just kill stuff if you want to. Maul is no exception. I want to say pass, but I feel like he could be nerfed and I wouldn't be mad at it just a little bit. You want to talk about how he can do 11 damage and Sinister Cunning? while recovering and moving all around the board right 11 damage because of the expertise as well we just it talked does about require doing one that. more step yeah than dark rage yeah it does but it's so consistent on the way everything you get out of it it's just so good shove reposition a condition of your choice the recover and then jump just got a lot of movement right so i would say maybe maybe sinister cunning saber throw should not be seven dice yeah you could drop that to six maybe yeah, that'd be fine because He's a phenomenal model with just the saber throw, right? He doesn't even have to dark rage. I actually think more interesting conversation could be how do you make dark rage more of a choice over sinister cunning? Maybe one of the shoves could be one step earlier in the tree. Mm-hmm. Like you swap the second spot in the middle section with instead of two damage, it's the shove and a damage, which is the third spot right now, respectively. And it just incentivizes that, like the thing Maul does when he's in dark rage, where he's doing the. He's coming at you. Both sides of the staff are coming, you know, and that kind of showcases that maybe incentivize the shoves and stuff. I don't know. Actually, you need six spots on both trees to do 10 damage. Sinister Cunning is just better. Sinister Cunning is just better because you get the shove immediately. And you get a reposition right after it. Yep. Pain Expose. Yeah. Maybe you make Dark Rage more interesting or you pass or you maybe make... Okay, so there's three ways you can go about this. You could buff them. You could buff Dark Rage to make it more interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it might not even be a buff. It might be like a side grade. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You pass on them, or you make the lightsaber throw six dice. I, th- I like the lightsaber throw being six dice. Just I think that's fair. Barely a nerf, right? Just kind of bring him down. Especially if the Grand Inquisitor is throwing like four and five dice lightsaber throws. But this is also like Darth oh, Maul. It's Maul. No, I know. He's like top three. I just... The four dice on Grand Inquisitor. What happened there? The four dice. That could be throw. another buff for Grand Inquisitor if you want to revisit him real quick. I didn't even realize he was rolling four dice. Oh my what god, a- he is on form five, Gemso. <laughs> Damn it, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, well, might have to break our rule on buffing Inquisitor as well, but give him a stamina and make his lightsaber throw one more additional dice on each form. On each side. So then instead yeah. of five, four, it's six, five. Yeah, that seems fair. You know, we have to respect Maul. He's, if you look at all the Sith Lords in the episodes in terms of movies yep. and the Clone Wars, he's he's right behind Vader and Sidious. 100%. And I love the, the two durability so much, like on top of this amazing character. So I think that's the cool drawback of all this at the end of the day. So I think the saber throw going down one dice, perfectly fine. Slight nerf. Okay. We got to move on to a character that Haunts people's dreams. The Magna Guard. Nerf. Yeah. Nerf protocols. Oh. 
You think so? I uh, was just making a joke because of protection protocols. I gotcha, I gotcha. No, I thought you I thought you literally were like, let's nerf protection protocols. No, this is a very easy change that you make to Magna Guards. Reduce the expertise. Yes. Why is it that they just get a free crit? Make it a strike. This is easy. This is easy. Ready? You Right now, it's one expertise, one crit. You change that to one strike. Then two to three is two crits. You change that to one crit and one strike. And four plus, fine. You earned it, kid. You get two crits. Instead, you get three. And they have 10 health. And they stop you from killing the primary and secondary units. And they get a free advance. And they give cover. They're amazing. You also could just make them cost four, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. I don't know why they cost three. Who play tested these and said, oh, yeah, by the way, they're totally balanced at three. One Magna Guard is better than every set of clones. One. Like if you were to remove a model, like my two two twelfths are worse than a, ma- a single Magna Guard. Yeah. Facts. And that's a single three cost model. The Night Sisters are worse than the Magna Guards. Clan Krees are worse than the Magna Guards. Magna Guards are awesome. Magna Guards also have a sho- two shoves. <laughs> <laughs> They've got one of Anakin's trees, actually. They get shove damage, shove damage, damage. Like, what is this? And a reposition. They're good. You're more often than not, you're dealing one, two, three, four, five, six damage with them, getting three shoves, disarming your opponent. Yep. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They rule. They absolutely rule. They're insane. It's so, so silly. So please nerf the Magna Guards. And yeah, we've talked about on the show a lot. Just reduce that expertise like Amon just laid out for you. And they're more in line with the rest of the game. I And I still think they're probably the top dog of the sports, of the double model yeah, sports, right? They still are. I actually think when we did our tier list, we rated Fifth Brother higher. Barely, though. It should have been these guys. Fifth Brother has fallen out of favor quite a bit. But Magna Guards... You just, if you're running Vader, you can just take them. It doesn't matter if you have separate strategy. <laughs> it's true. And they're just that solid, especially the Vader identity. They, they really come alive. It's crazy. Let's move on to Mandalorian Super Commandos. No change? Yeah, I would pass. They're strong. They're good. I do lament that their shove is so deep in their tree. Agreed. It's just a bunch of damage, really, right? Yeah. I think they're fine. All right, let's move on to Mother Talzin. This one's tough, Amon. She is very strong. You know, we're dealing in kind of like nickels and dimes here at this point on some of these characters. I think that's a good sign. I think these that means these characters are doing really well, right? A lot of these. And I would say slight nerf to the Great Mother form, and I would put the shove on the second and third spots of the tree, not the first and second spots of the tree. Well, so you would just make an expose first? Yeah. That's fine. Just so she doesn't get one result and auto-shove someone on their turn. I mean, she'll most likely get it just based off one expertise or a crit. Yeah. But now she's got to go two in, right? Yeah, that's fine. I could see that. I also think you could just not change her. She's very balanced for what she does. She's strong, but nothing seems like broken. I also don't think it would be unreasonable to, if you made that change to Great Mother, you could also subtly make a change to Wrath. Give her a shove on wrath. Yeah, or like an or more damage. I'm cool with that. I actually like the idea of swapping first step of Great Mother mm-hmm. with one of the first steps of Wrath. It would be the top step of Wrath, right? Which is two damage. Instead of two damage, it'd be a damage and a shove. Now, if we changed it that way. Yeah, like her first tree could just be two damage. And then you okay. have to pick between a shove and expose yeah. before going to your second shove. And then third shove. That could work. Yeah. It's it's similar to the Magna Guard approach where it's like just making it a hair harder to get those shoves, right? 
I think it's fine. I, to- I totally, totally think it's fine. And I think the proof is here because I think Talzin's been doing great on shifting priorities and Sabotage Showdown both, right? And a part of that's because the Great Mother form is just so good. Yeah, I have thoughts on Sabotage Showdown shifting priorities. Yep. I think she's better on shifting, but yeah. okay, we can talk about that when we do our Sabotage Showdown episode. Sounds great. Well, minor change to Talzin either. It just shifts some tiles around, right? On her tree. Mm-hmm. Just make the shove one step further. Yeah, if at all. Yep. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Naboo Royal Handmaidens. And I think this one's going to be tougher. I'm on. What do you think? I wish you could just make them three points, but you can't. I agree. They would feel great at three. Yeah. I wish their tree did more conditions. If we're going to go this like not a ton of damage route, I wish it was more like clones. I would change their range expertise to give them a crit on every level. So crit for one. There you go. Crit strike for two to three. Crit strike strike for four plus. That probably makes them feel better. You could also make their defense five five. For sure. Instead of five four, because they are they're literally assassin ninja girls. Yeah. Trained by Panaka, right? So I could see totally see them being five five. Why not, right? Yeah, just give them more expertise. That seems like we're doing that a lot, but I mean we've seen how impactful expertise in this game is, and I think like getting four expertise on these girls and getting three strikes is just Yeah. Upsetting. I, think, I actually think you make three changes to this card in an ideal world. You okay. have five five on defense, you make that expertise change on ranged yeah. offense that we mentioned and then for agile defense you can keep the one block but then you can make a crit to a strike and then you can keep on three plus with one block a crit to a fail so just a okay. little bit more interest yeah all over and all those small things add up they really to do where they feel a little bit better but they're probably still fine yeah one to two for one block is rough if you just look at their card they look like three pointers 100 percent. so how do you make them a four pointer that's all it is it's like our conversation at the top of the last episode with the 212th and the 501st, right? They don't have all the tools they need. Mm-hmm. All right, so slight buff. Moving on to the Night Sister Acolytes. What do you I think? I think they're one? fine. I think I think that they stay the same too. Yeah. They've got so many tools. they got so many options. They also just die immediately. Yeah, and that's their design, I feel like. I mean, they have clone stamina and clone defense, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they basically built them as to be Dathomirian clones. All right, so no change. Obi-Wan Kenobi out of hiding. Obi-2. I'm very curious where we could go this route. Yeah, so you, you definitely nerf him. The only okay. thing that you change is you change the how mind trick works. Okay. So it says when an allied character within three is targeted, I think you make it when an opposing character makes an attack. The opponent has to be within three. Of Obi-Wan. Because you're mind tricking the opponent. You're not mind tricking your buddy who's within three of you. Sure. Yeah. That's a good change. Just reduces his bubble. It makes the yeah, it makes it to where you have to your opponent has to worry about where their character is, not yours. Yeah. And then it's a fair ability, because sometimes it can just feel a little silly. I agree. Like you can't mind trick a sniper. It doesn't work like that in the lore. Sure. That's what I would do. Yeah, just a slight distinction on the range bubble, right? And like you said, opponent, right? I think his tree is amazing. I think his defenses are compelling because that last ten of the Jedi, right? Like you actually want good. him to get wounded. Yeah, they're not very good initially, and neither is his expertise. But when he gets a bunch more dice, all that gets way more interesting instantly, right? Yeah, when you're rolling seven seven on defense and eight dice on offense, it feels really good with all those recovers. Absolutely. All right, Padawan Ahsoka Tano. I think she's fine. I yeah, I think so too. You play her more than I do. Yeah, I think she's fine. I think if 
you really wanted to buffer, you slightly could, but I don't think it'd be, it'd be one of those like make her defensive expertise hair more interesting or give her one more defense on range, but I don't think she needs it. It would just be more in line with like what she does. I'm completely fine just saying pass here. Move on to someone more interesting, which is Queen Padme Amidala. Obviously Padme is good, right? Good players have been playing her. Players have been doing well with her. I think that her defensive expertise being extremely similar on both trees if and the same defenses, I think it's just a miss, Amon. The fact that she's five across the board on both forms, range and melee. And maybe this is less of like a, a buff or nerf situation. This is just like a, I think it was a misstep. Yeah, maybe it was just too complicated. I can mm. see the thought process where it's like the focus in flipping the stances is on the identity. How do we make that choice not as complicated? I agree that that's how it could have happened. But I also think just like you could have made her like defensive expertise insane on diplomacy and it would have been fine, right? Like you could have made it like really good. Because at the end of the day, she's only rolling five defense dice, right? What if we just made her gun five, range five? Please. And now it's lined up with her coordinated fire as well. Yeah, either that or you could change it to where aggressive negotiations doesn't care if she's wounded or not. It makes sense that faith in diplomacy, she'd have to be up. Maybe aggressive negotiations, she went in and she got aggressive. I like it. Yeah, I like that a lot. I especially like it too, because I talked about the weakness of Padme is if she's wounded, all this stuff's turned off, right? All these cool things, right? And these cool choices you make or of which stance you should be in are all null and void. So I like that idea of her being glass cannon type character that you've got to keep the handmaidens around to keep her alive. But if she is wounded, aggressive negotiation stays online and those handmaidens and those clones are shooting harder because she's still there. You know, she's just mm-hmm. down on the ground, knocked out for a second. So I think it's a good change and we can land on that. Totally. Yeah. Happy to defer to you since you play Republic a bit more than I do. No, that sounds great. I, I just think serving the people is so interesting. And the fact that she's, it's turned off when she's wounded is on both of them. is just a bummer to be yeah. honest. I just think it's a bummer. It just makes it more interesting for aggressive negotiations too, where she can be down and still benefit. Yeah. And it's not like the handmaids and Sabe are doing a lot of damage when they get more dice, right? They're just getting through their trees a little bit more efficiently. I mean, they often do like six damage, right? That's not crazy at all yeah another change you could make to servant of the people is in addition to galactic republic supporting characters they could have put handmaidens as well so sabe gets to benefit from those too yeah it's very weird that sabe doesn't i'm gonna be honest well at least we agree that something needs to be done something needs to be done so that's definitely a buff for padme and easy stuff but we've got to move on to more republic the republic clone commandos i'm just gonna say right out the gate i'm on these guys should just have seven or eight stamina. No, that's really all they need is eight stamina. Eight stamina with protection. Eight stamina with protection. Because let's look within the own context, the same context of the game they've given us. Another four cost model, the B2 battle droids that have protection and eight stamina, right? Dude, let's just go look at a three point unit. Magna guards <laughs> with 10 health. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just saying like the B2s are obviously the analogous to these guys and... I think they just valued protection a little too high. I will say these guys with protection are much better than clones with seven stamina without protection, right? And I've said that on the podcast several times, but they just need seven or eight stamina, period. I say eight. Yeah, I think eight's completely fine. These guys are wearing crazy armor. You don't want six. In the beginning, I thought it may have been fine, but after playing like three games with them, I was like, no. It's not fine. Take them up to eight. Let's do it. So that's a buff. Sabe, Royal Bodyguard... This is an interesting one I'm on. 
I would just buff her defensive expertise, man. There it is. Yep. Make her the actual decoy bodyguard she is, right? Yeah. Just give her give her an extra block. That's all we need. Yeah, just give her two block. On all these results. Yeah. Instead of one block. Yeah, and that also makes like the the personal effects after the blocks way more interesting, right? That was a quick one for Sabe. Maybe one that might be spark a little bit more conversation and just interesting. Savage Press. So I'm on, especially picking up after our tier list and all your thoughts on Savage Press. I'd love to hear your take on this first. Savage is interesting because he does very well with Vader, extremely well with Vader. But that's really it. I mean, he can definitely take out primaries, but what else does he do, right? And you can argue that in this game right now, you value melee and attrition, but what you what you really value is attrition with shoves on trees. Yep. But I actually like the fact that he doesn't have a shove on the tree. I do too. I also like the fact that he's 4-4 because he has protection and steadfast at all times. With the highest stamina of any secondary. It's very fascinating. I think maybe as much as I struggle with Savage, I'm very okay with leaving him as is. Yeah, I'm very okay with leaving him as is. Okay. My thought was like, take away one line from Dark Fury. Take away the, if the chosen unit is a force user and suffers damage, gain expose. I just like the concept of, if this unit is a force user, they also gain expose. It's not contingent on you rolling dice. That works. It costs two, you know? (laughs) But statistically, you're going to roll fairly high. Yeah, it's not so fast with expose at the end, right? When I say high, I mean like... It's a high chance you're going to get one, at least one of those two. I just like the concept that it would just be a little bit more guaranteed for him, but I'm totally fine with no change, Amon, on Savage. I mean, I've had Savage one-shot my Vader before. Oh, he one-shot my Lumi the other day in the low there league. Yeah. Lumi. He's really good in a Republic, actually, because he can just one-shot the primaries. Yeah, and the clones can't hurt him, quite literally. All right. So no change for Savage. We're ending strong here, Amon third sister oh boy miss reva all right this one i think we can spend a little bit of time on for sure i think we both agree buff yep call the hunt is fine choose an allied inquisitor sporting character within four it's cool yeah i think it could have been a tactics ability okay yeah she can just dash someone yeah but it's it's more limiting was a tactic right because it has to be at the top of her turn right true but at least you get it i mean yeah i also don't think he would be out of line for this to say choose an allied inquisitorious character i'm not giving vader a five dice attack yeah it's vader's the problem but you would give gi one yeah gi is fine and that would like very thematic with Rima, reva that she's like a pure support piece for the rest of your inquisitors right it's tough because vader has inquisitorious if you made everything. it only inquisitorious character you take away the five dice attack sure yeah the vader thing is just but i think you could keep it as is what you could also do is just make call of the hunt cost no force Agreed. And Just then you once could, per turn. Once per turn, correct. Well, yeah, I mean, all active abilities are once per of turn. Of course, but, of course, but yeah. But you could, um, gosh, that's interesting. No, I think you make it a tactics ability, but even if you don't want to do that, then yeah, that's tough. I like the force jump. Deflect is fine. You know what it is? I think you actually just change your fear betrays you. It's so bad. Well, because conditions are so good, right? Correct. And also, like, she gives conditions on her tree. Not many. She gives exposed. But what I'm saying is, like, you would never take expose off, right? <laughs> never. If she's attacking because you're defeating the purpose of this. I mean, what if your fear betrays you was just bigger? Like, what if it was, like, three dice per condition? What if it was for every condition your opponent has, add two dice? 
You don't have to remove them. Yeah. I like that. You don't have to remove them. You just, they're targets. Yeah, because then it's cool because your supporting characters, fifth brother and fourth sister, they both have enfeeble exposed and enfeeble pin. So you can enfeeble and then get a bonus by spending a force. Yeah. And get two dice built in, which is great because then you bump her up to nine. And while her tree isn't super impressive, maybe you can get through it more often. Yeah. And she's got three shoves, which is awesome. She can do that. I like that change. I have an idea for her that I've had for her the, lo- the longest time that I don't think is unreasonable at all. Give her inquisitorial mandate. Yeah. Why she doesn't have it, I'll never understand. I just think that makes the Inquisitors feel more fun too, right? Because now you're really leaning into that winning to unties and stuff, right? It's that authority that they come with. It's yeah, like, this is sure. mine. You can't have it. And the research they've done on the way to the mission, right? I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, I think you could fix Reva by just giving her inquisitorial mandate. You can get rid of your fear betrays you. Who cares? Yeah. I also think, too, if we wanted to break our own rule and just make call the hunt a tactic on top of getting an inquisitorial mandate instead of a force, that's completely fine. Your fear betrays you is an iconic line from her, though. Obi-Wan. Well, that's a straight out of a Vader line. Irony for her, right? That was the whole point of her arc. She's becoming the very thing. Well, yeah, not to get in spoiler territory, but right. she could have had her own show, not a force storyline arc. Actually, like really only three episodes because anyways, I'm not here to give my gripes about Kenobi. What do you think about her melee defense being four on defense? Oh, it's it makes no sense. Yeah. This Okay, look, guys, we're breaking the rules. We're just going to redesign Third Sister from the ground up. We're going to start from the top. Call the hunt tactics ability. Okay. Choose an allied Inquisitor supporting character within four. The chosen character may dash or make a five dice attack. Fine. Force jump. I'm fine with that. We could replace deflect with inquisitorial mandate. Sure. Your fear betrays you. Change it to where it's two dice for every condition the opponent has. You know, because Obi-Wan was stressed. He was strained. And that's why she had the advantage against him in the show. We can keep her at eight stamina. I prefer nine, but we can keep her at eight. Yeah. Tree is fine. Tree is definitely fine. Offensive expertise is fine. Defensive expertise is fine. Five, five. That's fine, too. That's it. That's Riva. Maybe you give her a spinning lightsaber attack. Maybe you don't, like a range attack. Like we talked about with Sister. Yeah. We did talk about that with Sister. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, given her range attack, I don't think. But probably not needed, right? Because now, Inquisitorial Mandate, she's she's fragile, but she can win ties, right? Yeah. Similar to Fourth Sister. And she's just more of a utility piece. Yep. Which is what she should be this whole time. She should be rewarding the player who's playing all Inquisitors, you know? You should want to take her if you're running all Inquisitors. Like, you have Inquisitors on both squads. If you have sister and brother, respectively, as your supports in your two groups. That would be great. But right now, I think you just always drop her for Barris if you're running GI Vader. Absolutely. I mean, Barris is the better Inquisitor here. Even Ahsoka. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, you could you could go a bunch of different routes with it. But yeah, I think Reva needs a f- full overhaul, like we're talking about. And, you know... There's a good kid here. You just got to tweak some things, right? There's a good design of what she's supposed to do. She just doesn't quite meet the mark for, for cost. True. My last question for you, Jesse. If you look at the list from 212th all the way to General Anakin Skywalker, if there was only one character that could be impacted from all the units we went over in our last episode, and you could only pick one character and nothing else changes, which character would you nerf, buff, I guess we wouldn't do pass in this situation, so nerf or buff. 
That's tough because Vader's in that group. So is General Anakin Skywalker. So is Cody. Social feelings. I'm going to say for the good of the game, Anakin. Buff him. Yeah, we had a lot of interesting ideas in that episode about what we could do with Anakin. A lot of fun ideas about how to make him more efficient and what he does in his play pattern. And I think the game needs that. He's a core set character, so I would buff Anakin. What about you in this first group of characters? I left my 212th behind. I would nerf Vader. Yeah, of course. It's two sides of the same coin, really. Yep. Give Anakin a nudge and give Vader a pretty big nerf. It doesn't have to be big, but it has to be considerable, noticeable. And we talked about it all in the first episode, so you guys know our thoughts there. All right, Amon, so now I pose the same question to you, this back half of models from part two of our episode. Starting with you, who would you grab from this grouping? Easy. Okay. Django. That is so easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. All right, yeah. but if it's not Django, uh-huh. then I would pick Clone Commandos. Mm, good pick. Very good pick. Okay. So now I've got to make a pick here, which is tough. There is another easy answer. It's Reva. Yes, that is one of them. I was thinking also Magnus. Sure. But if if it was a choice between Magnus keeping their insane crit expertise and Reva being playable in the game. Yeah, you often, go Reva. More often, it's Reva. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely Reva for me. I just want the commandos to feel like commandos. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And, you know, the commandos have their drawbacks. They have no shoves in their tree, right? So... They've got to feel impactful on the table. And the way they feel impactful is through scale and they're staying alive. Yes, staying alive. Exactly. Not dying. And if they don't have staying alive and, you know, they obviously have scale, but I mean, if they don't have staying alive, you just play other clones because other clones give out more conditions than shoves. Yeah. I mean, the coordinated fire damage disadvantage, right? Yeah, for sure. The worst coordinated fire of all the clones. Should have been a pin or a strain. Well, that's what the 501st and 212th have. Yeah. I know, but you know, I, I get that they're trying to spread the love a little bit, but... Could have been a disarm. <laughs> Something. So, yeah, it's... They need help, for sure. And I want to I see what happens with them, for sure, if any of this happens. So, well, Mom, that's it. We got through every character. We did. Any final thoughts about this exercise? I wish they'd implement it. AMG, you guys listening? I love AMG. I think Same. they have done an amazing job with Two of my favorite games to have ever existed. I'm very glad and grateful that they've created Star Wars Shatterpoint. I think it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of courage to put your work out there. And it's very easy for people like ourselves to criticize other people's work. Um, But I think also in that same vein, we respect that because we put ourselves out there as content creators and it's very easy for people to criticize our work as well. So if you are at AMG and you happen to be listening to this episode, Jesse and I, and I know I can speak on his behalf for this, respect you tremendously. And this is just a fun exercise that we had. And while some of these comments are made in jest, like, yeah, I mean, obviously there are some characters that we would love to nerf and buff or or maybe untouch or not touch at all. But ultimately, we just respect the fact that this game exists. Absolutely. Now we respect the process and this wonderful game we have in our hands right now, right? And this is all just for fun, like Amon said. But if any changes were to happen in the future, this is the lens that we view it through our personal experience. And we could be completely wrong, right? Let Commander Cody get a focus somehow. Because mm-hmm. I forgot Cody. We're bringing it back to him. But I think through doing our tier list, Amon, and through doing this process, through our opinion, it seems that if this was like a top and a bottom of like two models each we wanted to change, like we just did, 
it, it would be Django and Vader at the top, and it'd probably be like Cody and Reva at the bottom, right? Now, I know there's a lot of clones that could also fit in that Cody spot, but just for exercise sake, you know, isolating a single character to talk about. And that says to me all the stuff in the in between that is is pretty impressive that it's all in between that, you know, through our metric here. I agree. Right? Those four models seem obvious to the community at large and to us. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I can definitely see a lot of these changes coming into effect maybe in like end of year two. Yeah. Where if they decide to do Narada. But ultimately, like, the game is in a great spot. I think it's very attrition-focused right now, which I don't know if anyone saw coming, but, you know, we still have Empire and Rebels to see. They're on the horizon. Maybe we'll see if that changes things. Absolutely. It's a very exciting time, and I can't wait to see what Empires and Rebels bring to kind of throw a wrench in all this, right? And maybe change some stuff up just through their presence in the game. So, absolutely. Well, that was a fun episode. And of course, we got to tell you guys where you can find us online. You can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash lowthercast. We've got a lot of big plans for the year, a lot of things we'd like to do. And you guys supporting us on Patreon and joining our community is a way we're going to do some of that. So those of you that do jump on, it really means the world to us. Of course, you can find us everywhere online at lowthercast. That's X, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. And you can email us at the same place, hellothercast at gmail.com. And leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. We do have the current goal of getting over 100 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's right. We got there with Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Here we come. If you are listening on Spotify, we do try to add some polls. So that engagement is fun. If you uh, want to answer a quick questionnaire, let us know. It's nice. Also, shout out to Lofio for our show's music. Absolutely. Well, you could find me and Amon several spaces online. You can find me, Jesse, on X, Instagram, Longshanks, Discord, all the same place, at Jesse Aiken. Check out my show, Fury's Finest, about everything Marvel Christ Protocol in the Marvel Universe. Amon, where can everyone find you? You can find me on X at A Man Who Games and on Discord and most other places. I'm some variation of a title with my actual name in it, Amon, A-M-A-N. You can find me. I probably need a nerf at this point because I'm the only Amon. But uh, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Well, this has been a fun episode and we'll return to you guys very soon with some sabotage showdown topics we have and also lore coming up very soon. So until next time, may the force be with you. So uncivilized.